Hey, my name is Danko Jones, and you are listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 335 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. And this week, we've got a killer episode because Danko Jones himself, not the entire band, but Danko himself is on this podcast. I'm very happy to say that. Every once in a while I say this, but this is one of those guys that I've wanted to get on this podcast since the day Jason and I started it six and a half years ago. So glad to finally make this happen. And this is long overdue getting this out because I recorded this with Danko. I believe it was the day before their new album came out at the very end of August. So I'm finally getting this thing out over two months later. You know, if you've listened to this podcast at any length, you know that I took a several weeks off because I was out of town a lot working. I'm out of town again right now, actually. I've re- I'm recording this a couple weeks in advance. Trying to get some of these past recordings out. I've still got one coming very soon with two of the members of In Theory are returning to the podcast. And then I've got one with JT Lux on his debut on the podcast. Both of those have been recorded for a bit and need to be out soon as well. Last week we had Joe Cotella of Dead, so check that if you had not check that out if you had not yet. We also had on Kevin Martin of Candlebox recently. All that great stuff. But the most important thing is Danko Jones hit me up on Zoom and we talked for about thirty minutes about everything that Danko Jones has going on with this new album and a few other topics. I'm gonna get into that here shortly, but before we do I need to let you know who we're sponsored by. Sunset Tattoo. Tattoo shop based in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the Midtown area. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. And most importantly, their mother approved. Give Jake a call or send him a message to set up a time to talk about what work you'd like to have done. You can check out a ton of the previous work. 25 plus years of experience on their socials. Instagram and Facebook are both Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. I've had a tattoo done by Jake. I'm very happy with it, and I know several other people that have as well. So get on there and check his work out and get a hold of him and let him know you heard about him here. We've also got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. They have a drive through making it convenient for you. If you place your order ahead of time, you can whip right through there and get that and not even have to slow down, probably. You can get on Leafly.com, check out their entire selection, and go inside and check out their entire selection. They've got a huge selection. They're always running specials on their socials. Facebook is MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M. Instagram is MedFarmOK, and their website is MedFarmOK.com. If you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. And most importantly, they are cannabis with a cause because 30% of their proceeds, 100% of the time, Go to build no-kill animal shelters. So get over there, support a great cause, get the products you need, and also mention Thunder Underground to get your discount. We've also got Hella Hot Hot Sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. They do a lot of collaborations with metal artists. They've got one with Florida Frank from Hatebreed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat, one with Ghoul called Brain Jerk, one with Techno Destructo, founding member of Gore, called Garlic Death Grip. They've got ones coming in the future from Zetra of Exodus and Death Angel as well. So when we get a hold of those and try them out, we'll let you know about them. 
But in the meantime, get on their website, hellahothotsauce.com. You can see the entire selection there. You can also purchase and they'll ship to you. Or if you're on the West Coast, there are a lot of stores out there. So hit them up and tell them you heard about them here. Finally, we've got DEB Concerts, a promoter based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who brings tons of great shows to this area. They brought in bands like Saxon, Buckcherry, Last in Line, Bisto Blanco, Striper, Warrant, Snoop Dogg, a long list that keeps getting longer. They also book the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma. This year they brought in John Five and Stephen Piercy of Rat and Puddle of Mud. They've got a lot of great shows coming. They've got announcements coming soon, so hit them up at dbconcerts.com for up-to-date information and ticket info. And also, we'll let you know here as soon as new announcements are made as well. So huge thank you to DB Concerts. All right, Denko Jones' brand new album, Power Trio, has now been out a couple months. So if you have not heard this thing yet, that's two months worth of time that your ears have missed out on some fucking great rock and roll. Maybe that sounds dramatic or over the top. I don't care. But I made a warning a couple episodes ago that when it came time for this Denko Jones episode, I was going to do my best to not fanboy out, and I'm going to try to do that, but I'm a huge fan of this band, a huge fan of this guy. Probably about, well, a little over, right over 10 years now, because I, I got on the, the Denko Jones train about whenever Below the Belt came out, because that was kind of like a mainstream breakthrough, I think, in America in a way, even though, unfortunately, Denko Jones has never really jumped to that next level like they should, in my opinion, in America. But they keep grinding it out. The bands from Canada, you know, they play all over the world. They pull in great audiences wherever they go, because anybody that hears this band or sees them live knows that this is a band that you do not want to miss. And the thing I love about Denko Jones is, you know what you're going to get, in a way, most of the time, but it's always fresh to me. It's always refreshing. And we talked, you know, Jason and I talked about that back whenever ACDC put out their their most recent album. What was that, about a year or a year and a half ago now, maybe? Because with ACDC, you, you know exactly what you're going to get, but somehow that new album still felt fresh and new, probably just because it had been so long. But Denko Jones has been pumping out albums every other year for the most part continuously and it's the same thing when you know what you're going to get I'm not saying that it's as regimented as ACDC there's still some differences I remember you know there's there's tracks that remind me of Thin Lizzy in the past and tracks that remind me of ACDC but all in all you know it's Denko Jones because of that guitar tone because of that voice and this album is no different I mean from the get-go I Want Out kicks this thing off. I love my favorite tracks, I think, are Saturday, Ship of Lies, and maybe the last one, Start the Show. Which I love that that's the last track, you know, because that seems like it would be an opening track. That could be a great opening track for the show, right? And I'm sure Denko knows that himself as well. So with all that being said, I'm going to try not to, you know, just keep rambling about how much I love Denko Jones' past catalog. And just jump into this interview and hope that if for some reason you haven't been paying attention to Denko Jones, that if you're listening to this now, this will put you on that path. All right, here's Denko Jones on the Thunder Underground podcast. 
Trio's out now. Are you happy with the response so far? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's been across the board uh, 100% actually uh, positive. Usually, you know, last couple albums, we've gotten good reviews as well, um, which at first I was a bit shaken by it because I'm used to getting shat on (laughs) when we put out a record. But even those albums, I always had one straggler who's just like, oh, this isn't like your first album. This is, uh," but this album, power trio there's been nothing like that people right. like like people are saying oh it sounds it harkens back to you know earlier albums and then people are saying oh this is like a new sound for them and it's great so i'm a little skeptical about the whole positive thing i'm <laughs> waiting for the bottom to fall out um so so i'm just kind of like you know you get shat on for nine albums or or no not really nine i'd say I'd say uh, uh, six in a row and eventually you just gain a thick skin and you don't believe anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think people will just finally catching up to you? (laughs) I would like to think that. Um, I also am, I I, I'm staying away from going, this is our best album, but I feel it is just because even though we wrote it in the, in a new way, we also were able to live with it for longer than past albums just simply because we had nothing to do and there's nothing else but to live with it all day long. Like you, right. you, you lay something down and we were doing it, sending files back and forth and you, you, you do that. And then you don't have a show tomorrow or a tour next week. You're still sitting there with the song, you know, whereas in the past we just, just go, go, go. And if it sounds okay, it's good. You know, let's go. Cause we got this tour in two weeks and we got this thing over here after we come home and, or we just got off a tour and now we got to go into the studio. And ah, see, this time it was like, Oh, I've got, I've got 72 hours to work on this solo. That's eight bars. <laughs> or I have a whole week to work on one solo. That's eight bars of a song. Uh, and so it allowed for me, at least, it allowed me to like overanalyze lyrics, melodies, guitar solos. Um, JC arranges all the songs, so like I, I'll throw him some riffs, and he he, 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 he arranges it anyways. But uh, due to nothing to do, we were able to. I yeah, I made for him like maybe a denser album or a or or just a. I don't know. This, the songs do definitely sound more lived with. I listen to old albums and I'm like, oh man, that we how did that song make the record? Like we would have chucked that out if we had, you know, two or three more months just to write and live with stuff. That song would never have made the record. Never. And that happens for every album, almost every record. There's at least one song where I just can't listen to it because and and that's me like there's that same song the other guys might like but for me i'm just like whereas this album not so much i i'm actually able to live with it and be okay with you know with with everything what do you think having all that extra time due to the pandemic is gonna 
spoil you spoil you in the future <laughs> if you're making an album two or three years from now and things are kind of back to normal and you've got less time to get it before the tour cycle and that kind of thing yeah well if i mean listen i'll i'll take no time to write a record and still write a record if everything goes back to normal right. over having you know written the the greatest record of our generation but like can't play it can't go live can't do anything with it other than just like plop it on spotify or something and yeah. <laughs> you know i would take having a a lukewarm album and being able to tour over anything right. but having said that i mean uh this kind of opened our eyes that we don't have to be in a room together all the time and we can send files back and forth because because all the albums before this one were written in a room together bashing it out till something sparks Okay. And sometimes it takes hours. So, so was that process, that writing process freeing or weird or like, how did that feel? Uh, I honestly didn't like it. Uh, I, I'd rather just bash it out in a room together. It feels better. It feels more spontaneous, but on the other hand, yeah, it was, like I said, it was nice to like be able to work on a sol guitar solo for one week rather than just, you know, wedge it in there as quick as I can, which has happened. Um, so yes and no. I mean, I like just being in a room with the guys, but at the same time, I like the time that I, that I was allowed to, uh, to live with stuff and, and just overanalyze even like line by line. Like there's some lines on previous albums where I listened to, I'm like, Oh my God, why, <laughs> what, why did I say that? It's so stupid you know so i usually try to avoid bringing up an album title question because it's kind of cliche but right in this case i feel like is this an album title you guys have been throwing around for a long time because it seems pretty pretty obvious in a way <laughs> well yeah i mean we we know uh, you know our last album was called a rock supreme and it was a playoff coltrane's a love supreme and and uh we thought we were being clever and it was like took us forever to like come up with that and the labels were like hounding us to come up with a title. And the first one we came up with, they didn't like, and we were just like, all right, well, we'll come up with something better. But then this one, we wanted to come up with it before we go into the studio. And being that it's our 10th album, kind of like make a statement. And J JC came up with the title for Power Trio, very simple and j simple artwork to go along with it. And I, I, a lot of people are bringing up the whole title and this artwork and everything. And it's just because the last album was such a nightmare to come up with a title and the artwork itself was very busy. I love the artwork of our last album, but it was like, it's like, a, it's like an illustration that's very busy, which I love. But this one, simple works, man, like simple title, simple artwork and people get it. And there's really, you know, and it's a statement about, you know, 10th album, 25th year as a band. So things kind of fall in line a little better. Well, speaking of the power trio thing, you know, a great bassist is necessary for a power trio to be, to have that really full and great sound. Like how important is JC's sound to this band and the history of, you know, him oh. being there with you this whole time? Oh, it's, it's a large, very important, you know, bass sound is, um, Oh, it's, it's, uh, 
any band will tell you it's necessary. We just played a show on Sunday with a band on the bill. I'm not going to say who they are, but they didn't have a bass player. It was just two guitar players, drums and a singer. And it was all like top sheen. It was just, there was no, the bass. I don't understand why you, oh man, it's so weird that you don't have a bass player because that's the, um, the bridge that bridges the drums and the guitars together. And it, it gives you like, like a, like a bottom, like, like it, 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 rock is all about like, you know, a wallop. And, and if you don't have bass gives you that wallop, if you don't have it, then you're not punching to your potential. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's definitely needed, especially in a power trio where, you know, things are stripped down already, right. you know, you need that. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, like the bass has acted as a second guitar as well. Yeah. Well, you mentioned lyrics earlier, like, where do you, where do you grab inspiration for lyrics? I mean, a lot of your lyrics or your themes throughout your career have always kind of been about whether it be women or rock and roll and that kind of stuff. Like, where do you draw your inspiration from? Oh yeah. I mean, on this album, those themes are still there. Good looking is there and, and uh Saturday, but uh, the pandemic also kind of uh, changed a little bit of the, the usual topics. Uh, songs like I want out, start the show, let's rock together are very self-explanatory that and very obvious that it was a direct reaction to the pandemic. I want out is I mean, that says it all, I think. Yeah. Start the show also says it all. So, um, yeah, wouldn't have been written if we weren't in a lockdown, 100%. Lyric-wise, yeah. lyric-wise. Yeah. For the most part, you've kind of kept it away from any kind of hot-button topic, even though you're more, yeah. you know, you'll talk about that stuff on social media or yeah. on your podcast yeah. or whatever, but not in your music. So what has it been that made you decide to keep it out of the lyrics for the most part well i mean it it when you get topical it freezes that song in time yeah. because uh yeah and the, we, i always want our music to be timeless so you can enjoy it 10 years from now not you know like what was he who's that person he's talking about who, they're not around anymore you know that kind of thing or <laughs> oh like what how can we how can you enjoy this song about this issue when we solved it <laughs> or whatever i don't know but uh, to keep it vague is i think best and if they mean something to me personally then it just stays personal and nobody has to know about it um, but they have to hear the melodies and they have to hear you know how i do this you know what i think is a clever turn of phrase in the lyrics that will always remain and the only way to keep it timeless is to not get specific about certain things on social media i do because a tweet even though it's there forever kind of thing, it's, it's, it's a ticker tape. It, it just goes, you know, it's, it's over in, in, in a, in a day or sometimes over in an hour. Like last night I went back and forth with this guy about something and he kept insisting. I said something, this, and I did not. Well, it's over. And I said, okay, see, I you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, well, have a good night. Okay. Good night. Done. I'm not talking about that anymore. <laughs> the next morning. So, yeah, social media is a lot different. You know, turnover rate is seconds. Whereas you put out an album, that thing's there forever, whether you want it or not, you know. Right. Another question I had about lyrics is a, a lot of my 
favorite songs of yours throughout the years have been about a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, are you drawing inspiration from a specific woman or has it been many women or is it just kind of a, an, the idea of a specific woman or if you want to talk uh, about that, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk about it so much, <laughs> but uh, uh, I will say this, uh, the, the songs are about, you know, specific okay. people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm just not like coming up with this thing in my head, you know, okay. like, <laughs> it's like, that would be creepy and weird, I think. So yeah, yeah. there's uh, draw inspiration. Definitely. Gotcha. From, from real people and places and sources and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always playing off what you just talked about a minute ago with social media. I've always appreciated when a musician or a celebrity from another area speaks their mind and gives their thoughts. I mean, what do you say to, you know, those fans or those people that are always don't have a problem giving their thoughts, but then bitch whenever yeah, someone yeah. that has an yeah. audience does it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> unless you know, the whole stay in your lane thing, unless yeah. your lane is telling me to stay in my lane, you're not in your lane either. Right. Unless your lane is telling people to stay in their lane. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm like, what is your lane? Is that your lane? You get paid for that. Right. Telling people to stay in their lane. If, if you do, then, then you kind of won the argument yeah. there but if you didn't you're kind of contradicting your yourself so yeah those people 100 percent. if you go into their profile i mean they just end up being looney tunes 100 percent, 100 percent. so <laughs> i i i usually I, mean, I get a lot of it but I, I i wait i wait in the bushes kind of um metaphoric bushes uh, till there's one who kind of, oh, this is too good to not quote and to just, you know, make fun of. So I just wait. So it's fun when I, I did that. I did that a couple of days ago. Someone, someone said, I literally I'll stay in your lane type tweet saying, um, I think the band should stick to entertaining people and not their political views and just, just, you know, entertain their music. And so I quoted that tweet. And you can see it online. I quoted that tweet it's from two days ago. And I said, this is what we're doing today. Two live streams. And we're also playing tomorrow in Edmonton. And we just released an album on Friday. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so th- those are fun. Or there was one guy and he said, you're, uh, you're an idiot, Danko, or whatever. And so I, 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 it's hard to explain, but I used, it was littered with mistakes. And so I, I have this app where I can draw on the screen and I'm just correcting them like a, like a school teacher, just that line. Uh, you're a fucking idiot Danko. And I just <laughs> was correcting his, his grammar and punctuation and spelling. And that was funny, quite fun. So whatever. When it comes to either political views or topics, do you, in the past, did you ever worry about like alienating certain fans or is that uh, something you just didn't think about or worry about? In, in the past, you, you have, like, obviously, um, yeah, you want everyone to like your band. I think that's every band's goal. Right. But I think, like, in the last few years, there's been a thing where it's like, if you don't say something, it's kind of complicit, complicity, you know? So I started to say a few things, and then, man, now I'm just like, look, if we don't all get vaccinated, I, I can't play. Nobody can watch shows like we're fucked. Music is screwed. So it's more of a thing that I 
that I'm outspoken for that, for, for, from that end. And, and it, it all goes back to music. So I think I am staying in my lane. I think I am staying in my lane because I want music to come like live music to go back to how it was. And so, you know, there's that meme that went around going vaccines are the gateway drugs to live shows. And I truly believe that. And that went viral. I think you've probably seen it. It's like the marquee of a, of a club and stuff. So, yeah. Well, speaking of live shows, you, I know you guys have played a couple, right? But like, you've got this tour, like mini tour coming up in December. Are you optimistic that that's going to happen, happen and go off the way it should? I am optimistic because it's really my only option. Um, But at the same time, I think there's vaccine passports that are hopeful. And it's only in our uh, province of Ontario. And I think they're veering towards uh, passports for fully vaxxed people. So I think if we play those shows, it'll just be filled with fully vaccinated people. There won't have to be any guessing. Um, And things change on the, on a dime during this pandemic. We all know that like one week will be like this. And then two weeks from now, it'll be either better or worse or whatever. So I'm guessing in four months or three, three and a half months when uh, the tour is going to happen, things would have markedly gotten better or markedly gotten worse and nobody needs any explanation so right. hopefully things get markedly better and we can like baby step our way into playing like on the road. Uh, then we've done it for 2022 where there's European dates from April to May, uh, April to June. And we're hoping that by eight months, hopefully things would have gotten markedly better for men too. Right. Well, you mentioned the vas- vaccine passport. I don't know what it's like in Canada, but here, obviously that's like a, huge issue with people that sure want to complain that they can't go to a show because of whatever reason or the other, like, is that something, uh, anything else that you think about? Like, I, I mean, I know what your well, thoughts are, but it's like, do you worry about alienating fans in that way? Or that's no, really- uh, no, here's the thing about vaccine passport. I think the people who are protesting vaccine passports don't travel right. because wait till I tell them about a passport. you need a passport to leave america um so you would you know need a passport to go into a show just like you need a passport to go into another country you need a passport to go into a show i mean the the logic is just extended to shows um and every time someone complains about the vaccine passports i'm like what but but we but do you not know about passports like like actual American passports or Canadian passports. It's, it's an odd thing. I find like, I think I even uh, tweeted someone or I read a tweet going, well, let me tell you, wait till you hear about passports. It's <laughs> like you can't enter a country without, you know, a passport. Um, and sometimes there's even more hoops to go through. You got to get a visa. Like if you want to enter that country, it's not just a passport. You need to apply for a visa two weeks before the, the trip and you need to this and you need to that. And then there's other countries where you need to get vaccinated before you enter the country for malaria, for this, for that. Like ah, people. And so the only people who are protesting this, like have no life experience when it comes to the traveling and stuff. So it's already been instated for years. It's just not 
you know, like something you are aware of because you probably just, you know, go to school and come home or go to work and come home. And when you go uh, on vacation, you're, you're, you're going to like Vancouver, or if you're in America, you're going to Florida or, you know, whatever it's, there's nothing, you know, like that's what I'm just puzzled by. You right. need to get shots. If you have to go to certain places in Asia and Africa, you need to get shots. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of on a slightly different subject, you mentioned you know, we got the Canada tour and then you mentioned the European dates next spring. Yeah. Has it bugged you that you guys, I mean, you guys have are bigger there than you are in America. Has it bugged you that America hasn't, hasn't kind of caught on and got you to that next level? Uh, I mean, I mean, it bugs me personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it stinks that, you know, we can't tour America the way we can tour in other places. Sure. I mean, I, but it also stinks that we haven't played Greece. You know, we've never toured yeah. Greece before. So um, I think the bigger picture for America is it kind of sucks that rock is not even the 12th most popular form of music. Right. Um, so in, in America, I noticed nobody really cares about rock, rock and roll or rock music anymore anyways. So I'd rather just go to where people cared about it. And I'll go to America to tour America when people start really caring about rock music. And people can argue, yeah, we do, though. You know, there's a big drop off between like U2 and the Rolling Stones and the rest of the rock bands. You know, like, you know, there's a difference between, I don't know, Ariana, Ariana Grande and Beyonce. There's like, oh, who's, you know, Taylor Swift. And then there's Beyonce. And then there's or, you know, um, this pop band is a little lower than Beyonce. But they're all kind of like able to like exist, whereas it's the stones and then like everyone else is way down here. You know, the the divide is huge. And it's interesting because people who say they love the stones, you know, there's a million bands that sound like the stones or want to sound like the stones. You don't even know who they are. It's kind of like Metallica's like Metallica is the biggest metal band and they can fill stadiums. I want to ask every single person in the stadium, like, do you guys know Mastodon or Saxon? Like you would love, if you loved this, <laughs> you should get into like 10,000 other bands out there. They're, they're amazing. You know, like, do you guys know Merciful Fate and Judas Priest? Like, like, did you just come for nothing else matters? Like, really? Like there's, if you love all the heavy songs that you just saw in there, why don't you come see, you know, like, I don't know, Saxon play or, you know, corrosion of conformity are coming through town next week. Why don't you go see that? Like, you know what I mean? It's like frustrating beyond belief. And it happens in America, but also in Canada, like it's same, same deals going on here too. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because in like 2016, 2017, when GNR started doing stadiums and Metallica was at the same time, I went to both shows and like you said, it's a packed stadium. And I'm like, where are these people at the rest of the time? Like, what are they yeah. listening to? Are they, they just yeah. come here to see, hear the three songs they know or what? You know? I, naturally, when I discovered Metallica or Slayer or whatever, I, I naturally, my first instinct was to go, I need more. Yeah. Give me more of this. I want more. I, 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 does that not? <laughs> I just don't get it how that thought doesn't occur to all these people who have thrown down serious cash to come tonight. 
to watch this babysitters, parking, who knows what else expenses beyond the ticket. And then there's the t-shirt. Like you're walking out of there, you know, $300 in the hole after the night's over, really. There's so many more bands that you could totally enjoy. I've always thought about that. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the Stones a couple of times. Were you a big fan yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huge. I mean, Stones yeah. are definitely an inspiration to this band. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I know you're a fan of a lot of older rock and roll, like Thin Lizzy mm-hmm. and ACDC and everything. But So, sure. like, looking at the loss of Charlie Watts, like how, I mean, we know he's important. He laid the groundwork for that style of drumming. Like, how big of a loss is that to you? Uh, yeah, it's huge. Like Dusty Hill passed away two weeks ago too. And that was huge. Um, or maybe now it's three weeks. Um, so those are two guys and two bands that were huge or huge to us. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. Stones are huge, man. Like Exile, Sticky Fingers, Let It Bleed. Those are, I think my favorite Stones albums right off the top. Tattoo You, uh, Some Girls. Yeah. Huge. Uh, huge albums for me when you were young was it that kind of stuff first before the heavier stuff or was it kind no of all at once? no i i mean I, we all knew the stones growing up it's constantly being played on the radio but i became like i kind of went through a huge stones phase when i was older and okay. then yeah like that came later just rediscovering all the albums again and knowing like a lot of the songs but like never yeah, I was like, I got into metal and then I got into punk rock when I was, you know, a, a young kid going into teenage years. And then like when you're that young, everything sucks if it's not, you know, full on metal or punk rock. Is. Right. So, it, you know, I, got, I had to get a little older and live a little bit of life to go, wait a minute, sticky fingers rules, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, that's what you have to do. I think that's. I think a lot of people's trajectory. Right. Well, outside of everything you talked about with taking time, making this album, have you spent like your personal time during the past year and a half of the pandemic? Uh, you know, it's been crazy uh, for personal reasons, but also just obsessively watching vaccine news and virus news and what's going on now and where are we, how close are we to the finish line on this? And then realizing there's no finish line, we're going to live with this, but how can we live with this, you know, in a way where we can all just kind of live normally. Um, So it's been a a year and a half of obsessively watching that and figuring out how to do things. And now that we're slowly starting to play shows again and booking shows feels like things can come back to some semblance of normalcy. I hope, I hope so, but it, it all rests on, you know, people being responsible and taking the vaccine and all this stuff. So. So watching stuff like that pretty heavily is that, are you a news junkie yourself or is no, that? No, I'm not. Like I, I don't like it. Fill I your mind it. with constantly. Yeah, it gets, gets me depressed, but yeah. during the pandemic, I, I wouldn't call myself a news junkie because it's just very specific news. Yeah. But there, I had to get off it because I was affecting me because you know, one, one day there'd be some bad news that you hear and my whole day is ruined. And then the next day, Oh, there's a good, there's some good news. And then uh, everything's good again. And I was just, I was like ping ponging up and down and it was just affecting my mood. So I had to take a step back 
but at the same time, I'm still logging in every day and just going, okay, how close are we? You know, especially when, you know, Pfizer was starting to roll out their vaccines. I was like every day, like, when the hell are we going to get it? And yeah, it's, and like I said, things turn on a dime and it was only in December that, you know, it was a big deal that the first shipment of Pfizer came to Canadian, like uh, landed on Canadian soil. And that was a big deal. And so, wow, there's like a thousand people who are vaccinated, partially vaccinated. And I was watching the rollout in, in London and yeah, it's it's, now it's, yeah, it's just weird. (laughs) Weird. Right on Manuel. I really love the new album and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Nice talking to you. There you go. Danko Jones, a huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman promotions for helping and his continued support of this podcast. And of course, a massive thank you to Denko Jones for taking some time out there. A call, it's chat there on video there on Zoom. Huge honor for me as a big fan of, of this band for quite a while. Very glad to finally get Denko Jones on this podcast. And hopefully you've heard the new album Power Trio. If not, get out there, grab the thing, support this band, support great music. And if you have... Hit us up in the comments of wherever you're listening to this or shoot us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com, wherever. Just let us know what you think about Denko Jones and a new album Power Trio. Hit them up on all their socials and give them a follow. Same thing for us. Thethunderunderground.com is the website. All the socials are there. Follow us on all of them. You can also listen to the podcast directly from the website. You can also listen pretty much anywhere podcast or heard wherever you're listening right now if you haven't yet please subscribe or like so you don't miss any future episodes speaking of future episodes we've got one coming up with in theory and one coming up with jt lux and we've got a couple others scheduled to be recorded soon so as soon as those happen we'll let you know about that as well all right if this is your first time listening greatly appreciate it we've had on guys from in the past Gene Simmons of KISS has been on here. If you know Denko Jones, you know he's a massive fan of KISS. We've also had Bruce Kulik, formerly of KISS. We've had on members of Megadeth, Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, Warrant, Tesla, Seven Dust, Avatar, Motley Crue. Man, we've had on Tim Ripper Owens, formerly of Judas Priest. We've had on Dee Snyder recently of Twisted Sister. Kevin Martin of Candlebox has been on here a couple of times. Paige Hamilton of Helmet. Members of Corrosion and Conformity, Hate Breed, Prong, Typo Negative, White Zombie. Man, the list is very, very long. So just dig through all of it. Check it all out. Greatly appreciate you. Once again, a huge thank you to Freeman Promotions, Danko Jones, Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.